What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Wednesday, August 5th. We are now in the heart, almost in the heart of fantasy draft season. I mean, really, drafts are only a couple weekends away. I know. I know. It's crazy times. Uh, Hey, as long as you have a plan in place for COVID, if the season stops, what do you do with your draft? What do you do with your money? What do you do with uh, keepers? All that stuff. And you have some COVID IR spots. I think you're good to go. Just have your darn drafts. I know some people have some cold feet, but might as well just have the draft anyway, just in case we get a full season here. And I think we do get a full season here out of the NFL. Have a fun pod for you today. We're going to talk week one salaries. They were posted over at FanDuel for DFS. We're also going to talk about a Twitter question I put out there yesterday. Who's a player that you just can't bring yourself to draft? So players you just can't draft, who are they? My thoughts on these players and who I actually led with. Uh, we'll do that on today's show. Also an update on the COVID front. But before I get into all that, I got to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Of course you do. Then you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. It really is. Diversity. It's the key to life. It's because monkeyknifefight.com, well, there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you, even me, anybody. Anybody has a chance. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, big one this weekend for golf, UFC, NASCAR, two races this weekend, WNBA, eSports, Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else MonkeyNightFight.com has? A free $5 game just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, You'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So in the NFL, the COVID opt-out deadline is officially tomorrow, Thursday, at 4 p.m. Eastern. So... We don't have a final tally of all the players who've opted out, but there are some new names on the list, so I just wanted to review the list. Of course, we'll keep updating this throughout the week on Friday. We'll tie a bow on it. There are a few uh, stipulations where players could ultimately still opt out, but they're you know pretty tight restrictions, and, and most of them are things that we hope don't happen to anybody, so just keep that one in mind there. But as of now, we're still sitting with basically no big names, and I am not counting... Uh, Damian Williams is a big name. It's maybe the biggest name for fantasy purposes, but not really a big name because we already had Edwards Alaire ahead of him. And for a lot of people by a pretty big margin, it had a big impact because of Edwards Alaire, but you know, still not a big name. Haven't had a big name. Running through the list, we have Damian Williams, of course, Nate Solder, which, you know, impacts that offensive line, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley a little bit, but not major. We've had a bunch of of uh, sort of smaller names at wide receiver. Devin Funches. Some people thought he might have been something this year for the Packers. I really wasn't buying too much of that. Marquise Goodwin was really going to be like the sixth man, fifth man, sixth man for the Eagles. Uh, Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson for the Dolphins have just opted out. <sighs> Maybe one of them was going to be the three, but I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting because you do expect a lot of four wide there, but I just didn't expect a lot of targets for either of those guys. 
Travis Benjamin for the 49ers. I don't even know if he made it, if he was going to make the team. Geronimo Allison for the Lions. Yeah, he was on the Lions. <laughs> In case you missed that, uh, again, don't really know what his role was going to be. I don't think there was much there for him. Marquise Lee for the Patriots. Again, don't know if he even made the team. There's not, there's no big names here yet. So we'll see. We'll see if there ends up being any big names, but that's currently where we are. And uh, we are seeing people kind of shuffling on and off of the COVID-19 list. Recently off of it, uh, Kenny Galladay and Matthew Stafford. And actually for Stafford, it was now it's now being reported as a false positive. So that could be something that plays out as well. I didn't really think about that. But, uh, you know, seeing these guys come off, Gardner Minshew coming off as well uh, as Justin Jefferson. So a couple guys going on. And then really not many days until they come off. Gardner Minshew was two days, I believe. Kenny Galladay was a little bit more, but it wasn't even a full week. Uh, Same with Stafford was only the three days because of the false positive. Justin Jefferson, probably the longest of the bunch. But again, maybe just a little over a week for him. So that's actually good news. I mean, we're keeping an eye on Keyshawn Vaughn when he comes off of it. Uh, he He went on on set on the 27th of July. So... If it's soon, that's a good sign. I mean, you know, if these guys are coming on and off within, you know, under two weeks, then that's a good sign, especially as we head into the season. Um, In terms of any other major names, not really. I mean, I'm keeping an eye on Jay Sternberger. He's currently on. He went on 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 the 30th of July. Um, The only other name that I'm sort of keeping an eye on is Raquel Armstead. But, you know, that's just one of those where he's the deep handcuff. Not really a big uh, factor there just yet. So anyway, that's where we are with that. We'll update more on that on tomorrow's show. I want to get into these salaries really quickly because FanDuel did release them. I always love when they're released. and kind of never know when they're coming. It's not like they have a set date every year. But they released week one for the main slate. And you know, keep in mind, you won't have uh, Kansas City on the main slate. But you do have teams like Baltimore. So Lamar Jackson is on this slate. He comes in at 9,400. Second most expensive player on the slate as a whole. The most expensive is Christian McCaffrey at 10000 We're already double digits. <laughs> already double digits for Christian McCaffrey. But anyway, Lamar is so expensive, it's going to be tough to use him. When I look down through the position, second, Russell Wilson, 8400 Breeze, 8100 Allen at 7900 7800 for Ryan, 7700 for Wentz. Kyler at 7700 but it is a tough matchup. He plays San Francisco. I kind of keyed in on Tom Brady <laughs> for a number of reasons, but um, seventy six hundred, not a terrible price, not a terrible price at all there for Tom Brady. Thinking maybe a little stack city with Mike Evans, see what we can get there. Talk about Evans in a minute when you go down deeper. Uh, Stafford, who I just mentioned, seventy three hundred is not a bad price on him. I think you got to consider Tyrod Ty- Ty- Taylor if he's under center at seven thousand bucks. You get a little bit of a discount. Uh, and he's, you know, it's not a bad matchup against Cincinnati. So if he's under center, he's got to be in play. Gardner Minshew, Indy, it's a mid-pack matchup for him, but 6,700, he's nice and cheap. That's about as low as I'd go. I mean, if Ryan Fitzpatrick gets a start, he's 6,400, but he faces the Patriots, so no thank you. Joe Burrow against the Chargers in his his debut, no thank you at 6,600. So there's some decent prices in there. Running back, like I mentioned, McCaffrey is by far the highest. Dal Cook's actually second at 8,700. 
Uh, Kamara, 8,300. I love the matchup for Josh Jacobs. I probably will have a lot of builds with him. Against Carolina, we don't know exactly what we're going to get out of Carolina this year, but they were not good against the run last year. So decent enough. Uh, as I mentioned, you have Joe Mixon, uh, the Bengals facing the Chargers. Actually like it for the run game a little bit. 7300 isn't a bad price on him. 7200 for Chris Carson, not a bad price at all for Chris Carson against the Atlanta Falcons. Leonard Fournette, a little bit of value. Not the best matchup against Indy, but a little bit of value at 6900 Nice. Miles Sanders, 6,800 <laughs> against Washington. I like that. Tough matchup for Kenyon Drake. He's 6,600, but it's a tough matchup. Uh, same thing with, you know, Le'Veon Bell, not crazy about the matchup against Buffalo, but 6,500 is a reasonable price. Just sort of skipping through some of these and what stands out to me. I think you can get away with Dave Montgomery. See what you have. I mean, it's, it's 5,900. He may not do a lot in the passing game, but this, it's not as important on FanDuel as it is on DraftKings. So 5,900. Good matchup against Detroit. Can maybe get a rushing touchdown or two in there for him. He was used a lot in the red zone. So keep your eye on that play right there. Uh, not not getting too cute as they go deeper down the list. I mean, there's some values down here, but a lot of guys who have a lot of volatility. I try to stay away from that as much as I can in the first month of the season. Uh, at wide out, Michael Thomas, most expensive, no surprise, 8,800. 82 hunch for Julio, 8,000 for Devontae. So not much value to be had there. But as I mentioned, I wouldn't mind a Mike Evans, Tom Brady stack. It's pricey, 7,500 for Evans. So it is a little bit pricey, but I think there's enough value at running back that you can get away with it. Uh, so I would look at that against New Orleans. Kenny Galladay uh, comes in at 7,300, Allen Robinson 7,200. I like DJ Moore at 7,100 against the Raiders. That's a solid one there. I like Keenan Allen at 7,000. You know, Keenan Allen to Rod Taylor stack, it's a little unconventional, but I don't hate it. I honestly don't hate it. OBJ at 6,900 against Baltimore. That's a hard pass. Um, you know, Thielen at 6,800 sounds cheap, but it's it's against Green Bay. So another one where I'm probably going to, you know, probably going to pass on that one. Uh, Julian Edelman against Miami at 6,700. It's a good matchup against Miami. I'm just a little reluctant to use him, not really knowing what I get out of Cam Newton. So, you know, some of these are going to look like their values, but I probably would pass on them. So, for example, Edelman at 6,700, Stephon Diggs at 6,600. Stephon Diggs facing the Jets. I, I would much rather save the $100 and go with Diggs. Or even uh, DJ Chark at 6,600, go with his upside at, you know, save the $100. Terry McLaurin, who's lit up the Eagles, 6,500 facing the Eagles in week one. You know, saved $200 on him. As we go down a little bit further, you know, you have some guys who are intriguing with a lot of upside. Marquise Brown, 5,900. Don't mind that at all against Cleveland. Mike Williams, same thing, 5,900. Maybe an unconventional stack with Terod Taylor. If you get all you need is really one big play uh, to reach value there out of him. Uh, so I'd be looking that direction. As we go deeper and deeper, it's harder to find, obviously, good values in week one. But I think Alan Lazard is kind of interesting at 5,500. He's very likely going to be the number two receiver there in Green Bay. So you save some dough. Always good there. Uh, also looking at Anthony Miller at 5,400. If he gets out of the gate hot here, that's a really good matchup against Detroit, at least on paper right now. Uh, so I would look that route. Maybe take a stab on one of these rookies. I mean, Jalen Rager, if I'm going to take a stab on somebody, 5,200 
We don't really know much about him. It's a good matchup against Washington. Can get a potential game stack going there if it ends up being a higher score with those two, you know, weaker secondaries in that contest. Moving over to tight end, Kittle is the most expensive because obviously Kelsey's not on this slate. Eight thousand. 7,400 for Mark Andrews. I'm really fading the top end, guys. I'm starting to look down when we get to the Hunter Henry range. I don't love it for Hunter Henry at 6,000, but 6,000 or below is really what I'm looking to spend on this slate. I could see a Gronk stack. I mean, rolling the dice on that. It wouldn't be outlandish to see Brady Gronk go off in week one. Uh, I wouldn't go Mike Gesicki at 5,400 because it's against New England. TJ Hawkinson, maybe against Chicago at 5,300, not a bad play. If you wanted to maybe go a little contrarian, if you think people are going to be a little heavier on Ertz, then going Goddard at 5,200 is solid. That's a good matchup against Washington, sort of just across the board for the Eagles offense. Paying down even further, Taysom Hill is 5,000. <laughs> Taysom Hill is a tight end on um, on FanDuel. I don't think I'm going Taysom Hill, but... If I was going to take a flyer on anybody, I might, you know, look at some of these upside guys who are deeper. Maybe Irv Smith at 4,800. Got a lot of upside in that offense. Year two, maybe hits the ground running. He could be a guy uh, who provides a lot of bang for the buck. Uh, possibly Dawson Knox. Not in love with the matchup for Dawson Knox, but 4,700. A little bit of, uh, you know, like you have to have exposure to some of these guys in um, in your tournaments. Thankfully, there's no more kicker uh, defense. I'll be honest with you. I don't have firm uh, thoughts about defense just yet. I would look, you know, Buffalo obviously stands out playing the Jets. New England stands out uh, facing Miami. So, you know, staying in the AFC East. Philly stands out facing Washington. Uh, We'll see if Alex Smith's able to get back. If he's able to get back, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, maybe see if you can go after Joe Burrow in week one, but I think you could get burnt with that. So the Chargers are 4,200, but you could potentially get burnt with that too. I'd probably be looking in that little pack of Buffalo, New England, Philly. 4,700 for Buffalo, 4,600 for New England, 4,500 for Philly. But as we get closer to week one, I will um, you know, have some more concrete thoughts on all of that. Man, the Raiders. The Raiders is the cheapest, one of the cheapest on the board. They faced the Carolina Panthers, but I just don't know what that offense is going to look like this year. It's so tempting to just say, yeah, 32 Hans. All right, I'm punting. But anyway, salaries are up. That's always a positive sign that we are getting closer to the season. And, of course, yesterday on Twitter, I let you rant. This is my rant. I let you rant on Twitter about the players that you just you just can't bring yourself to draft. It's a fun topic, and I thought there were a lot of interesting answers to this. In fact, there were uh, some discussions that kind of broke out in the process as well. So people kind of fighting against each other uh, in this thread. But I said, at Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, I said, who's a player you just can't bring yourself to draft in fantasy football this year? And I said, I'll start. And I give a little gif of A.J. Green rolling his eyes. I just can't draft A.J. Green. I've talked about this before. At value, I, I'm just, even though he's not overpriced, We've kind of gotten to this point, though, where people are like, A.J. Green is a value, and I I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think Tyler Boyd going in the exact same range is a much better pick. A.J. Green is very volatile. He's a name-brand guy. We know what we used to get out of A.J. Green. What we have gotten out of him over the last two seasons is a whole lot of nothing almost. (laughs) You know, He's barely played. He's not young. 
Yes, it's inc- it's intriguing with Joe Burrow, but I just can't bring myself to draft him at value. I want to draft him maybe. I, I would draft him two two rounds after he's gone. He's going in the sixth round. Uh, if he's there in the eighth, yeah, sure, I'd consider it. I don't think he makes it that far, so I just can't bring myself to draft him. So you know, again, it's not a player who you're avoiding at all costs. But guys who are going, you know, where they're going at value, you just don't like it. One of the most popular answers was Le'Veon Bell. I get it. I get it. I'd be a fool not to get it. We all get it. The jet ski, the the complete holdout for the entire year. Yeah, a lot of people still holding the grudge. Last year, from an efficiency standpoint, wasn't good. But I will continue to bang the table Everybody who says, if you say Adam Gase is is not good for running backs, how was he not good for Le'Veon Bell last year? He gave him over 300 touches. <laughs> like, that's a terrible take. He gave him over 300 touches. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. For us, for fantasy, that's what we want, over 300 touches. Now, Le'Veon Bell ran behind a terrible offensive line last year, and that was not good for fantasy. But I'm not blaming Adam Gase on this one, and I'm not worried about Frank Gore. But I do get it. I do get why we have Le'Veon Bell on that list. But I think the hate has gone a little too far with Lev Bell. And I'm not going to say, hey, I love Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to say that, even though I just did. But I, I don't. that's not what I mean. <laughs> I don't love Le'Veon Bell. I don't. But he just went in the fifth round of that draft I talked about on the podcast yesterday, this best ball draft for the Flex League. Fifth round, 502. Two picks before Devin Frinkin Singletary. You kidding me? I, I, it's gone too far. That's a value on Le'Veon Bell. So, don't ever look value in the mouth. If you if the board gives you value, take the damn value. Take the damn value. I get it though. I understand why people don't want to draft Le'Veon Bell. In fact, the four, like all four of the I have to take a shower after drafting these running backs. Those guys, you know, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. They were all popular answers to the question. They were all popular answers to the question, and I get it for all of them. But honestly, if they're in the fourth round, like I'm not touching any of those dudes in the third round of a regular 12-team draft. No way. No, sir. But in the fourth round, I'm going to I'm gonna grab one of them probably. Each one of them has appeal for their own reasons at value. At value. Got to be at value. Or get a little bit of value extra on them. Not uh, not ahead of value. Like Melvin Gordon, I th- consistently see him going ahead of where our, I'd be willing to draft him. Uh, some people saying Kenyon Drake. And I love when people say Kenyon Drake, but they don't use a, a gif of Kenyon Drake. They use it of Drake. <laughs> Gets me every time. Gets me every time. That's hilarious, Kenyon Drake. Somebody's on here comparing him to Zach Stacy. Remember that? If you played... Fantasy for a while, you remember Zach Stacy when he was with the Rams and there was that year where we thought he was going to be a stud and it didn't end up happening. I thought that was an interesting little comp there. So yeah, a lot of Kenyon Drake, uh, a few like deeper names, but you know, there are so, a, a lot of people at wide receiver who ended up saying Odell Beckham Jr. I get this one as well, especially last year when you come off a year where there was so much hype and not much delivery on that hype. I get it. I get the mentality of, I'm never going to draft that guy again. You may have even said that before. You know, Don't lie if you didn't. You know you may have said that before. So if that's the mindset with Odell Beckham Jr., here's what ends up happening. You're not going to look at him even 
Like, whenever you're up, you're not going to look at him. But what if it's the middle of the fourth round? You can't deny, you cannot deny that Odell Beckham Jr. has a top 10, if not top 5 fantasy ceiling. He has a top 5 fantasy ceiling. Let's just, let's just say it. You can't deny that. You can't deny it. We've seen it before. Now, it hasn't happened recently, but we have seen it before. Last year was disappointing, but I think the regime in place now is going to right the ship. And I do expect a bit of a bounce back from Baker. But I'm not saying I'm going to draft him as a top 10 guy. But in the middle of the fourth round, are you telling me, never going to draft that guy again, that you're not going to draft Odell Beckham Jr. if he's on the board in the middle of the fourth round? You really telling me that? Because you know what? I'll I'll say this. And maybe you're not. Maybe you specifically, listener, are not (laughs) saying that. You're, You're like screaming at me right now. Joe, Jeff, seriously, I'll take him. Jeff. But... If you do have that mindset, if you have a, I am not drafting him no matter what mindset, I'm sorry to break this, but that's kind of a losing mindset, right? Because there shouldn't be a must-avoid player. The only players we're going to avoid no matter what are players who are, are you know, suspended for the entire year, you know, not in the league, or injured, you know, or opting out, I guess, this year too. Even though we don't really have anybody on that list except Damian Williams. It's a losing mindset because what you're going to do is, okay, you're passing on Odell Beckham Jr. at, let's say, 4-6. Well, at 4-7, the guy behind you may have just gotten crazy value. Or if he's silly enough to let him slide, then the next guy gets crazy value. See, what happened here is the draft presented value to you because I think that really fairly, Odell Beckham Jr. deserves to be considered in the late third. So you're a half round later on him, if not a full round later on him at this point. You know, mid to late third is really where he should go. You're going to let that value fall past you because never going to draft him again. It's a losing mindset, right? So I think this, you know, I threw this out there because I wanted to take the pulse of everybody, see where you guys were. But at the same time, we have to make sure, you know, that even the guys we don't really like, if they are a value, we can't pass that value up. I've done it. I just did it in this flex draft. I drafted David Johnson in the fourth round. I have talked about on this podcast how I was not crazy about David Johnson, but fortunately, his value has fallen now to a point where I'm comfortable drafting him. I'm not going to draft David freaking Johnson in the third round. Are you kidding me? But in the fourth round, as my second running back, when I have one running back and two wideouts already, absolutely. Of course, I would have went Odell Beckham Jr., but he went the pick right before me at 4-6. So there you go. There you go. Rich Rebar at 4-6 doesn't have that mindset of I'm never going to draft Odell Beckham Jr. It was a smart pick. It's a smart pick, and it's smart to grab value when you can in your drafts. It's what it's all about in fantasy football drafts. So there you go. On that front, uh, on tomorrow's show, like I said, we'll update you some more on the opt-outs, and we'll uh, continue to talk draft strategy here as we're about to get into the heart of the fantasy football draft season Hey, remember, over at FTNFantasy.com, stop by now. My wide receiver, quarterback, running back, tight end tiers, they're all up. They're all free. You don't have to be a subscriber to check those out. FTNFantasy.com. Also, appreciate everybody reviewing the show. If you haven't already, please do. It's really easy if you have an iPhone especially. All you have to do is go into your podcast app, find my show, The Rant, go to the bottom, click the stars it's really really it's really freaking easy isn't it easy and if you want to review the show as well give me a little write-up in there i appreciate it all the kind words man all the kind words it's overwhelming the support has been just phenomenal rat pack represent you guys make this fun 
You guys make this fun for sure. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rad Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And we will be back on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. 